0: the realm of 1111 talk radio your host is Simran Singh it's time to discover your own language with the universe learn to empower yourself broaden your mind open your heart and discover who you are now here's your host Simran Singh
1: are you one of those individuals that has struggled with weight with food or with self-image Over the next hour, we will have an open-hearted journey of the soul conversation on the conscious weight loss. If you have had food addictions, have been a compulsive eater, or someone who for any reason sees food as the enemy, this shows right on time. My guest today is Marianne Williamson. She's an internationally acclaimed lecturer and the best-selling author of A Return to Love, Healing the Soul of America, A Woman's Worth, Illuminata, Everyday Grace, The Gift of Change, and The Age of Miracles, among other works. She's done amazing extensive charitable organizing throughout the country and is in service to people in many different ways, including the wisdom that she imparts to us. Her latest work is A Course in Weight Loss. It's 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. And it is an amazing book because although we're going to be talking about weight, as I read this book, to me this approaches any type of issue that you would have because all issues are spiritually based. And the steps that she allows you in this book, you can apply them to your life in all kinds of ways. I think it's amazing that she has brought forward the conversation of weight loss in this way because it it is truly a guide that will help you move through that journey. But as you're reading this, think about other people in your lives that can really be supported in other aspects that they can use these same tools. I'd like to welcome Marianne Williamson to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your having me here.
1: Absolutely in the introduction you talk about this book beginning as a conversation with you and a friend of yours Oprah Winfrey because yes. you knew the experience well yourself i think you saw it in her but you also had had issues at some time where you had to deal with weight
2: well okay. i was a compulsive overeater when i was a young woman for about 10 years i was never a food addict and the uh, the book makes that distinction, you know, uh, every addict is compulsive, but not every compulsive is an addict, and addiction is very much a uh, self-diagnosed disease. However, whether you're talking about one particular person's relation to a particular substance, there's a larger conversation here, and that just has to do with compulsive behavior, and most of us have, as a product of whatever wounds we carry, a tendency or a vulnerability to some compulsive behavior in some area. And if the compulsivity is intense enough, even if it isn't addictive, you enter into the larger conversation about just how far your mortal mind, your rational mind, your self-discipline, your conscious self-control can go in in triumphing over the compulsion. So that takes you to the spiritual notion that there is something inside us that can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And that's what i would mentioned to Oprah. I heard her talking um, about a diet, and I simply made an offhanded comment, which anybody with any kind of background in these kinds of things um, sees as uh, just normal thing to say. I said, well, uh, if you could have done it by yourself, you would have done it by now.
1: And, and that's so true. It is, this really is a journey of the soul. This is something that is very spiritually based. And one of the most powerful parts of your book is throughout there, there are some really beautiful prayers that really assist that side of us because we are kind of disconnected sometimes our life from spirituality. And so I'd like to start this next hour with the prayer from your introduction, and it would be an honor to hear it spoken from you.
2: Well, thank you. At the end of the introduction, I, I wrote this prayer. Dear God, please free me from false appetites and take away my pain. Take from me my compulsive self and show me who I am. Dear God, please give me a new beginning. Unchain my heart so I might live a freer life at last. Amen.
1: Amen. And as you heard that prayer Allow that to touch your heart and listen to this conversation deeply so that you can allow the food conversation in your life to change, to transform. First, let's talk about what the goal is for this course, what it really is meant to do in support of an individual.
2: Well, the, emo- uh, the emotional tenor of the excessive or unwise, inappropriate eater, um, the emotional tenor is self-loathing and despair, and a horrible sense of being completely out of control in their own life. Emotions like humiliation, embarrassment, I mean, it is that situation is rife with pain.
1: And sometimes those are things we don't want to look look at, but that is the whole point. That's why the weight's here is because we haven't looked at
2: it. Well, yes, but uh, I assume 30, 40, 60, 70, 80 pounds too much, uh, they're not unaware that those emotions are there. The issue is what this book is, a, is not, you know, the goal of, the, of this book is not weight loss. Weight loss just comes almost secondarily. Weight loss in that insofar as it is a simple correction to that which has become dysfunctional within oneself is handled as a matter of course by simply realigning oneself with the truth of who we are, and the truth of who we are is not of this world. The truth of who we are is a divine connection to a power that is higher than ourselves. And that power, by whatever name we call it, some call it God, but whatever name we call it, it is within ourselves. And it is as though the psyche has broken off, like an iceberg breaks off, and there are these fractals of personality that are not grounded in the divine and essential self. And as a consequence... Just as with a with the cell of the body, you know, the cell of the body is programmed to support the higher natural functioning of the system, of whatever organ it's part of. And what a cancer cell, for instance, is, is when a cell forgets its programming, it goes haywire. It starts building its own kingdom. It's not following the blueprint and that can happen in our minds, you know. You can have an emotional malignancy, a psychological malignancy. It's when and that in a way is the modern age. We're not we're not thinking that what we're about is following some natural plan of what is good, true and beautiful in the universe. Building up our own kingdom. Now, it, it, everything begins in the mind. So, whereas your heart knows how to beat and your lungs know how to breathe, when it comes to our physical appetites, This dissociation from the natural self has led to a dissociation in an aspect of the brain, which is our nervous system, which controls our physical appetites. So between whatever wounding was the trauma of childhood that initially instigated this disconnection or then the addition into the body chemistry of foods that your ancestors did not eat, your body did not develop millions of years in order to digest, Rather eating, whether it's refined sugar, uh, chemically-based carbs, uh, chemically processed carbs, all of those kinds of things that make the, the human body just go, what? The human body doesn't even know what to do with it, right? So there are so many things that have just caused this explosion of dysfunction, both in our body chemistry and in our mind. And, and in it,
1: that mind, there's, there's, also, there's a belief, and you state it as the lie, that the lie is that food is actually bad for us and it has the power to comfort, nurture and sustain you.
2: Well, that, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when we were just talking about the. The refined carbs and the refined sugar and the chemically processed foods that make up so much of the American diet today. There's this, as you said, delusion that I'm eating, you know, I'm eating this because it makes me feel good and, I, and it's emotionally nourishing me. I love it. You know, sometimes people say my problem is I'm having a love affair with, with food and I, I have said often to people in my work in this area, you do not have a love affair with food. Do not kid yourself. You have an obsessive relationship with food. And whether it's with a person or a substance, there's a big difference between an obsessive relationship and love, and you love relationship when it's someone or something that loves you back. You know, three hamburgers and a bunch of white bread and two uh, hot foot sundaes to follow do not. That does not love you. That is substance that will bring you as its gift to you uh, diabetes. Uh, cancer heart disease there, there's no love coming into you there and, and that's, yet
1: that's actually saying you know what, what is that response to what is that need to eat that is is it coming from fears it coming well, from Well it's the, the
2: brain there's then it's like a breaker switch it's like a breaker switch that's been turned over in the brain so in that case you're registering as as something comforting something which is actually destructive And then, by the same token, foods that do love you, that support, you know, the vitality of your cells and build strong bones and muscles and give you a strong, healthy body and a chemically balanced brain, those foods are registered as boring. So everything has become like this breaker switch has been flipped over. And what the the spiritual process is that we're talking about here is as though a divine hand of God goes into that control room and turns back on that breaker switch.
1: Well, and I think through the book you also mention and ask us to consider that weight results more out of fear, not necessarily the eating habits or lack of exercise, that we will eventually get to what is good for us. We will get to what is supportive and loving to us in terms of eating habits and exercises, but we first have to approach that fear and what is underneath it.
2: Well, diets do work. Exercise does work. And sometimes when you talk to people who, if you look at them, you think you know they, they don't have it together about food. Don't kid yourself. Often the people who are dealing with this issue are people who have already lost lots of weight. They know how to do it. They've done it before. They, they have almost an encyclopedic information. They know about calories. They know about exercise. They know about metabolism. They know more than you or I might, might ever know. That's not the problem. The problem is that they will follow the diet. The diet does work, and then if the real deeper level of, of, of problem is bedded in the subconscious mind, then it will be an, there will be an overwhelming subconscious drive to put the weight back on. And that's why, you know, if, if you're not, look, if you're, if you're not a genuinely compulsive eater, you just gain some pounds and you need to lose weight, that's probably not my book because that's, you know, just go on a diet but this book is for people who are dealing with the monkey who are dealing with the, the monkey on the back that's going to have to get off before the pounds can really get off the hip and stay off and and there's an internal hysteria in 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 the overeater now there's also an inter, an internal hysteria in most people but this hysteria is being addressed Uh, the overeaters looking to food to calm that hysteria monster inside. And actually all that it ultimately does is to feed the hysteria.
1: Well, and as you go through your spiritual journey or set intentions or any time you make a commitment to yourself, understand that more likely what it, what is going to show up is going to be the obstacles. It's going to be the desire for more food or the desire to, to fall off of whatever you've decided to commit to to change your patterns. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we return. What is the connection between spirituality and weight loss? Best-selling author Marianne Williamson will be answering those questions for you in discussing this new groundbreaking book, A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. She quotes, if, you are, if your weighty thinking does not change, then even if you lose weight, you'll retain an overwhelming subconscious urge to gain it back. It's less important how quickly you lose weight and more important how holistically you lose weight. You want your mind, your emotions, and your body to all lose weight. You can connect to her at www.marianne.com, and specifically for more support with a course in weight loss, go to their new site, a courseinweightloss.com. A We'll be right back with Marianne Williamson.
3: Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
0: Have you seen Eleven Eleven? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444.
2: What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny My Dad,
0: it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John
4: Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
1: welcome back. I'd like to let you know that the March-April issue of 1111 Magazine is now on stands in Barnes & Noble across the country. Our features this time are Deepak Chopra, Ram Dass, and John Holland, and it's amazing issue on stepping into synchronicity. Our May-June issue will feature Marianne Williamson, Byron Katie, and many other wonderful people, so I look forward to getting that issue out to you if you'd like to know a little bit more about these amazing individuals and the work that they're doing. A Course in Weight Loss addresses the true causal root of your weight loss issues a place within you where you have forgotten your divine perfection this forgetfulness has confused not only your mind but also your body making you reach for that which cannot sustain you and reject that which does as your mind reclaims its spiritual intelligence your body will reclaim its natural intelligence as well you can connect to more information on a course in weight loss at a course in weight loss so I invite you to do so to get more support. Marianne, we were talking about how when we do commit to things, sometimes everything unlike that shows up so that we we really are challenged in, in moving forward. So as someone starts to move on this path and starts to go into the many wonderful exercises and prayers and lessons that you have here, what do we do when we reach those places that show up?
2: Well, I think we, I mean, that sort of makes it sound like it's the worst pain possible. But what I submit to you is that the worst pain is avoiding those feelings because that pain is coming out in the form of your self-hatred and the pain you feel in various ways, including physical from carrying all this excess weight. When I, in the book, there's a lot of journaling that's called for because, as you said, you have to face certain feelings. It's a detox process. Things have to come up in order to be released. Uh, You know, the, the, the person who is carrying tens of extra pounds, what's happening is that your emotional sewage system is on the blink. And just as with food, you eat it, you chew it, you digest it, and then the body eliminates it, leaving only what the body wants and needs. Well, what happens with our emotions is the same. We're supposed to chew on an experience and process it. Really digest it, and then when we do that, then the psyche will eliminate and just drop every memory or or feeling or thought that doesn't serve us, and all that will, will remain is the blessing and the lesson. Well and I
1: love the words you use you use the terminology of psychological sewage and and you also state in the book that painful experiences are not meant to linger they really are just here to teach us what we they need to teach us
2: right but what happens if a person is not able usually based on childhood trauma etc to process those feelings what happens instead is that they become impacted literally in the flesh that's what has happened with the, with the out of control eater is that the emotions are literally, the energy has to go somewhere. It's turning into flesh. It's impacted on the body. So when, when in the very necessary process of identifying those emotions, writing about them, letting them come up in order to surrender them to God in order that they will leave, on one hand, as you said, you know, you might say, well, it's very painful. But let me tell you something. In, in the retreats that I've done, I did the first one in San Diego, and I'll be doing the next one in Phoenicia, New York, April 14th through 17th. What I find is... These these processes where you're going to sit down and put a name on the brick, every brick that forms the wall of weight that you carry around you or you're going to write about the people that you need to forgive or whatever. People who had been saying to me on Facebook, etc, I can't do it, I can't do it. Then I started seeing people say, I did it. I sat there for three hours. I wouldn't leave my computer. I was crying the whole time, and now I feel like I released 10 tons. And the same thing happened at the intensive where people, even though I said, you know, what you just said, well, it's going to be hard to look at some of this, I noticed that they just couldn't wait till I would shut up and they could put pen to paper, and I walked around the room, and, yes, some people were crying but people were so into it, they were, uh, they just were writing and writing and writing and writing. So sometimes the sharp pain of self-discovery is actually less painful than that dull ache we carry around all the time because we're not doing the work.
1: That's just it, and and what a lot of people might not realize or allow to come truly to to conscious awareness is that unprocessed emotions show themselves up in all kinds of ways. It's drinking, it's drugs, it's it's all kinds of other addictions, and so this type of addiction is just calling itself forward to be healed, to be looked at, to be addressed, And, and you're so right when you say that living with that pain constantly is much worse than actually letting it come to surface and then finally letting it go and living more freely.
2: But there's so much psychic pain in our society. So many people are living with great psychic pain because of a profound disconnection from the true self that don't even know. First of all, some don't even know how in pain they are. They think this is just what life is. And others feel that this pain, they can't figure out where the pain comes from, and then what you get from that is the pharmaceutical uh, scam of our age, and that is pushing uh, psychotherapeutic drugs like candy on people who are not really clinically depressed. They're just having a bad day. And so you have an epidemic, casual use of antidepressants in our society, which is the last thing we need to be doing. You know, psychic pain is here for a reason, just like physical pain is. If my and- leg is broken, I need to know the pain is what's telling me I have to reset it. And sometimes when we're in psychic pain, it's the exact same situation. There's a reason. And what you have to do is process what's going on here and heal the problem, not just numb it with... Pharmaceutical. So exactly a, a real and problem we have.
1: What we're doing is numbing or putting a Band-Aid. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I do recall, you know, you writing about the fact that even like with sugar, how you yourself started to, um, when you did have sugar, the processed sugar, mm-hmm. you added the green grapes and yep. that allowed mm-hmm. some sweetness. So it's not like you totally just switched off of sugar, no, but I'm you kind stadium. of introduced and And slowly, um, your body wanted to have the other slowly over time,
2: well, yeah, I mean, this problem in somebody's life doesn't uh, occur in a day it, it It occurs over a period of time, and we don't heal in a day either, so once your body chemistry has been uh, confused enough, your body thinks it needs its sweet hit from refined sugar, and so if you just say to the body you know suddenly, no we 're going to get our sweetness uh, from fruit. The body goes, oh, no, so what I found in my life and what I advise in the in the book is to take these things gradually, and what you said is true I would have if I had chocolate cake, number one, okay, I can have the chocolate cake, but i don 't have to have a huge piece of chocolate cake i don 't have to have every bit of the chocolate cake, and I also can put some grapes on the plate, some green grapes so I will also eat some green grapes. And what happens, and there's a lot of talk about this among those who are into the whole conscious food revolution today, once you start eating better, your taste buds literally begin to respond because your taste buds, when, when they have been exposed to all this chemically processed food, they lose their ability to savor natural food.
1: And having the cake and having the grapes is a more loving approach than to use battery or abuse to either say, no, I can't have this, and then binge the next day, or beat yourself up because you had the cake.
2: Oh, right. This, this course in weight loss is all about being gentle and being kind and being patient, and any, any part of the process that you do not play that way, you're actually sabotaging the process because the miracle comes from love.
1: And you the very first yeah, go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The very first step that you talk about really approaches it from love. It talks about healing the relationship between the part of you that eats wisely and the part of you that eats dysfunctionally. So you're really bringing the two sides of you together and and kind of asking them to get to know each other.
2: Well, the idea here is that the part of you that overeats, the part of you that is feels like a like a wicked witch who gets into the control room of your brain and leads you to the most self-destructive and self-sabotaging behavior while pretending to love you is not a bad thing. She is an expression of your wound. She's you. She didn't do this to you. You did this to her. You created her. She is an unintegrated fractal of our own personality. It's a wounded energy that was never dealt with and needed to get our attention. So not thin you is not standing before you craving food. Really, she's standing before you craving love. And integrating her back into your psyche by listening to what she has to say, this is where the healing comes from.
1: You state that she's not ugly. She is simply you with a coat on, and you would prefer to take it off.
2: That's right.
1: I, I really liked that. So we have not been you, and we have you, and she's not our enemy, and part of Part of what you talk about is actually having a dialogue with that side of yourself. And when we return on the next break, I'd, from the next break, I'd love to have that dialogue for our listeners so that they can start to get an understanding of how amazing this book is. I'm here today with Marianne Williamson, who is an internationally acclaimed lecturer and best-selling author. She has released the new book, A Course in Weight Loss: 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. You can find out more about A Course in Weight Loss at A Course in Weight Dot com, and also allow yourself to uh, get to know her in our next issue of 1111 Magazine, the May-June issue on conscious business, because we have to be about our business, our personal business and our life business. Marianne Williamson says, you are here to love and be loved, and the soul in its native intelligence knows this. Accept the magnitude of your function and your reignited spiritual intelligence will spark your body's intelligence as well. As your mind remembers its natural function, the cell of your body will remember theirs. You will no longer be the effect of your compulsion. You will be a master at living your life. Marianne Williamson, a course in weightloss.com. We'll be right back.
3: Be extraordinary. Seventh
0: Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 1-11, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered,
4: The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. You need to schedule a bone We'll need to perform a N- After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
3: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
0: are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh.
1: Weight that disappears from your body but not from your soul is simply recycling outward for a while but it is almost certain to return. It's self-defeating. Therefore, to struggle to drop excess weight unless you are also willing to drop the thought forms that initially produced it and now hold it in place. The 21 Lessons in this wonderful book by Marianne Williamson, A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. These 21 lessons will take you on a deep, sacred journey, one step at a time. You will learn to shift your relationship with yourself, your body, from one of fear to one of love. And you will begin to integrate the various parts of yourself, mind, body, and spirit, to become once again and in all ways the beautiful and peaceful person you were created to be, that is your divine right to be. Uh, Welcome back, Mary Ann. I'd love to have people experience one of the dialogues, one of the types of letters that you speak about writing. Uh, In in the very early part of your book So you get right into it And it's between the you and the not thin you And so if you would um, If you would portray one of those aspects And I will portray the other I think we can give them an idea of how this works
2: Okay This is a part of the book in lesson two Where I ask you to write a letter To your not thin self and to be very honest and to say what you really think and you really feel. And there's a woman named Beatrice who was doing this work, and this is what she wrote. Dear Fat Ass, I know your lumps and bumps are merely a navigational reminder of where you have been, of the things that were out of your control and happened early on. When bad things happen to little girls, all of that, the story, the events, but now you are the event. He no longer has control over what happens to you, Fatty. The double cheese pizza and nachos are so no longer where it's at. You are here. You can celebrate your fierceness that was born with me, skinny you, long ago, when you stood up and spit in his face with push-ups and cute bras, that miracle of a miniskirt that has been hanging in your closet since 1992, with bike rides and mountain climbing and long swims in the sea. Not with the hourly walk to the fridge to see what might make fat you feel better in the middle of the night. He's not coming for you anymore. You made sure of that years ago. We did it together. So put down the fork and pick up the fight. Put the cheeseburger down and go for a hike in beautiful Hollywood. Walk the streets and listen to your music. Let Bob Dylan tell you how it is. Listen to Bono and let those hips subside. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. It's getting annoying, fatty. The tires belong on your car, not your midsection. How can your spirit dwell proudly in an excess of 40 pounds? How can your dance moves come out to play if you can't make it for longer than two hours in those heels? I'm not mad at you. I'm just impatient. I want you to live your life fully, unapologetically, with your head up and your chin in singular. The warrior you have so long searched for is right there inside of you. I am her. I am you. Let me take over. I'm stronger than he ever was, and I am stronger than you. Say yes to bikini summers and a long, radiant life. Say no to pasta and cake, or maybe just a little, like one bite. Love always, in largeness or a size two, but come on already, skinny Beatrice Badass.
1: Dear Skinny, Puff you. It's not easy, sister. It's a daily siege of sliding 180 pounds into jeans that barely button. I know the answers. I'm having a hard time, okay? I know I'm not really an elephant. Without this unflattering excess million pounds of sadness and fear, all piled unceremoniously on my ass and thighs and belly, I'm actually a yogi acrobat. A lotus hovering three feet off the ground and spinning somersaults while gracefully holding up bills, groceries, car, payments, and life. But it just so happens that at the moment, I'm a large yogi, stuck on planet Earth, in flats. Cartwheels are a distant dream. But I hear you. I know he's gone. It's just taken me a minute, 30 years long, to fully know that. To fully know that his face is not the face of every man I meet. That I don't need to recreate him that once was more than enough. This cellulite is my force field, my invisible shield, my insurance policy. Fat ass equals no possibility of getting hurt. Not able to get into a beautiful dress and rock the dance floor means no evil jackass will have the opportunity to get up in this beautiful mess and cause another hurricane, another tornado, a volcanic siege. Alone in bed with Luda, the greatest dog ever to live, and a large pizza with extra sausage and cheese equals easy and safe. Beautiful and sexy means open for hurt. Listen, skinny superhero, give me a minute. I'm getting there. I have found the yoga studio, and there are avocados in the fridge. The sun is shining today, and there is work to be done. I'm dreaming of a hundred easy sit-ups and that beautiful sheer tank top with the flowers on it. I'm in, okay? Jeez, you are a pain in the gigantic ass. But I love you for always being with and within me, in solidarity of spirit, not thy circumference, your fat self. I'd like you all to take a deep breath and close your eyes and really center into your heart and hear the prayer that
2: Marianne is about to give you. Dear God, each of us has a different story. Each of us has different memories and different pain. And yet they all come together, dear God, in one place, that place where we seem to have no control, where the drama of both past and present is greater than we can deal with sending us time and time again back into the default position of weakness and fear. Dear God, today we pray for a miracle. We pray that your hand be placed upon us. Enter into the deepest regions of our thoughts and feelings and remove the forces, the energies, the attitudes, the memories, the unforgiveness, the walls that separate us and the chains that bind us and free us to the higher creative most powerful possibility for our lives on earth. And thus, dear God, may the excess weight of pain, of sorrow, of unprocessed fear, of of sadness and unforgiveness and anger and resentment, all those energies which have become like a wall that's around us, dear God, touch every brick that the brick might now crumble. Put our feet on new path. May we now begin a newly forged sacred journey, a journey to the center of all things beautiful, to that which is you within us. And, dear God, in the presence of your light, may all darkness dissolve. In the presence of your love, may all fear dissolve. In the presence of your lightness of being, may all density dissolve. In the memory of my lightness of being, may my overattachment to the body itself dissolve. And thus, dear God, as we remember who we truly are, beings of light and not body, May we no longer be attached to a dense physical form, but rather recreate subconsciously a container of light to hold our true being. May this miracle of transmutation occur within each and every one of us, dear God, as we now turn our eyes to you. And in claiming you within us, the darkness shall no longer have claim over over us. And so it is. Hallelujah has meaning. We rejoice and give thanks. Amen.
1: Amen, and so it is. Take that in, take a deep breath, and allow yourself to feel the expansiveness of your spirit. Allow yourself to feel the light of your body, and allow yourself to be anointed by those beautiful words. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fear is a psychic tyrant that often has no intention of letting its slave go free. And you say that whatever it needs to say to confuse our thinking and pervert our appetites, it will try to do. Oftentimes, Fear can feel like a bully because it will it will bring in worry and and insecurity and uh, anger and so many things as its friends. So as we move from this step and we, we start to speak to this not-then-you, we have to create a sacred place, a sacredness about ourselves. And you talk about an altar. You talk about the altar of the self.
2: Right. There's a lot in the book about lifestyle decisions that we make. That help us cultivate a more transcendent sensibility. You know, stress is everywhere these days. There's an economic recession. Many people are worried about jobs, worried about money. We've got the television going too much. We've got the computers going too much. We've got too much noise. It's a 24 hour news cycle. We're all being assaulted by what's going on. You know, one, you know, and, and every day it's a new country that's, you know, uh, on our minds. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's a time in which the individual has to work. Uh, very consciously, to create a field of inner peace in which to dwell. And prayer and meditation, inspirational reading, do the actual work of forgiveness, it, it has to go deeper than theory. It has to go deeper than principle. It has to move into the realms of deep experience that's below the neck. And that is why I talk in the book about building an altar. Um, there's a lot of ritual and ceremony in the book. Some people have questioned that and I point out to the overeater, to the compulsive overeater, that you deal plenty with brain triggers, don't kid yourself. You deal plenty with secret ceremonies, don't kid yourself. Uh, eating by yourself late at night, grazing in the kitchen, getting in the car, looking for food. The serious compulsive or addictive eater knows that that's true. Once I point that out, they no longer complain that I'm talking about the cultivation of more positive rituals and positive ceremonies. And when we do that, Once again, the goal is that journey to God. You know, what happened in my life was I just noticed when I started doing the Course in Miracles, I just noticed one day, really, it was practically that dramatic. I just noticed the weight was gone. You know, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking consciously at that time about the weight. I was just, You know Deeply involved In doing the course The Course in Miracles Was telling me Page after page After page Reach your hand Across the wall That separates you In your mind Between you and your brother All of a sudden I looked down And the weight was gone And I realized Oh my God That weight That excess weight Was a physical manifestation Of the wall That I constructed In order to hide Where I would feel safer And Well and and there's
1: always A payoff Marianne I, I find that so often that when people that I coach when they occupy themselves with other things or they play small it's because they're too afraid of their power or their success and you write in the book that people that um, are the overeaters or have all the weight on their bodies that their true fear is to be beautiful to be recognized to be to be that that amazing self that they can be and I'd like to talk a little bit about that when we when we return the breaks are coming far too quickly because I'd much rather spend time with you my guest is is Marianne Williamson, and her latest book, A Course in Weight Loss, is 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. If your weighty thinking does not change, then even if you lose weight, you'll retain an overwhelming subconscious urge to gain it back. There is a connection between spirituality and weight loss, and this groundbreaking new book will bring you the spiritual lessons to help you surrender that forever. This is an opportunity to go on a sacred, deep journey. To truly shift your relationship with yourself, your body, and life to one from fear, from of one from fear to one of love, you can begin to integrate various parts of yourselves and truly uncover and live the life that allows you to be the beautiful and peaceful person you were created to be. You can connect with Marianne at her website, of course, inweightloss.com, and get a lot of support as you go through this book and start to truly live the life of your dreams. Uh, we will be right back with Marianne Williamson, a Course in Weight Loss. dot com.
3: Awakened Media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
0: 1111 magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 magazine, order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Listening on a higher dimension.
3: Seventh Wave Network.
1: internationally acclaimed lecturer and best-selling author Marianne Williamson has graced us with amazing books of wisdom such as A Return to Love, A Woman's Worth, and The Age of Miracles. She has just released another wonderful work of art and it is A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. You can find out more and get increased support at *A com, and you can also connect with her at a workshop which will be in Phoenicia, New York April 14th through 17th and you can find out more about this and other appearances that she's making on her website at Marianne.com That's Marianne.com There's so much in this book Marianne and we have just a short time to to, um, to discuss things, so I'd like to urge all of my listeners to definitely go out and get the book and utilize the tools in here. It, it is meant for people that are really struggling with weight, but I, I still feel that even if you're just wanting to do deeper work with yourself, yeah. There's so many amazing, yeah. yeah. There's so much amazing information in here and such a wonderful step by step way to work with the spirit and really help yourself heal a lot of the issues that are coming forth for you. I have a very big question, and, and just as I, as you know, when you get on an airplane, they always give you that speech about put the, the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the people with you or your child. And my question to you, Marianne, is there's such a child obesity issue that is going on in this country. Yeah. And so I do know that first we have to heal ourselves. So the first step is to get this book and get – your own self in a place that you feel moving on the right path and healing. But as we do that, is there a way that we can work with children that are experiencing childhood obesity?
2: Well, I think whether we ourselves have food issues or not, I think there is sometimes a lot of pressure on the American parent to, feed our children uh, less than appropriately. You know, when you go into a restaurant and you read the children's menu, you would think if we were a healthy society, the healthiest food would be what was listed on the children's menu. But you see that the least healthy food, the most chemically processed, the most unhealthy food, is what's considered the fun stuff for the kitties. And then you have, uh, so that means that no matter what your own uh, situation is with weight, it takes conscious work on our part to feed our children in a way that is not um, uh, a, a, not a demonstration of our having been sucked in ourselves by a lot of the easy food, easy eating, easing, you know, oh, here, kids, have these chips uh, as you're watching TV that will... Uh, uh, make you happy, and the kids had chips at the other kid's house, and we've just gotten away from the days when, you know, here, kids, here some apple slices. And you have to get this early with your children because once you get to the eye-rolling stage, you know, forget it. And then on an even deeper level, of course, we have uh, the the fact that obese people tend to raise obese children. Yes. And I know that there are people probably listening to this program right now who, if they were to face this fact, it would be horrifying for them because, of course, they love their children. And, and that's why it all begins with praying for a miracle. There, and, and I don't, you know, I have a 21-year-old almost. I, um, I'm firmly convinced you'd have to be an enlightened master to have no mother guilt. So we all have places where we look back and go, oh, I wish I'd done this or that differently but we always have the parenthood that we inhabit today. And so the center of this book is God's love and God's power and willingness to heal us. So we pray in our hearts for the children, and if we have children and we feel that we have not been leading them down the perfect path with regarding food and body and exercise, we can pray uh, to forgive ourselves and pray and ask for God's help now in forging a new path. And, uh, that's
1: that's wonderful guidance, and I think it's so necessary to hear because oftentimes we see it, but we don't want to see it and I think with our kids the the biggest love we can give them is to to sometimes face up to the facts of the things that we have um not really faced ourselves and that's so right and
2: it's... and including in our uh, um in our behavior with them that sometimes you say to your child yeah i know that's what i said two weeks ago i know i said we were going to do that but you know what? we're not we're going to do it different now <laughs> because <laughs> i realize things i didn't realize two weeks ago
1: absolutely um you know, I think a lot of people have the misconception that the life and spirituality exist separately, and what I have discovered in my own life is that we're not supposed to fit our spirituality into our life. We're supposed to fit our life into our spirituality, and you say something similar to that um, when you speak about how we have subcreated the two, and I'd like for you to talk a little about that and how to really create that integration.
2: Well, the spiritual perspective is that the spiritual life is the only real life and that any aspect of life that we're living outside the purview of what it means spiritually is a life where we are bound to be neurotic and we are bound to suffer because we aren't grounded in any deeper, stable, fundamental truth about who we are, who other people are, about the purpose of our relationships, the circumstances, and people. Now, compulsion food, you know, alcohol, sex, uh, inappropriate relationships, drugs, whatever, are effects, they're symptoms caused by these places of separation from the truth of who we are. So from a spiritual perspective, you take every situation and you put it on the altar. What you put on the altar is altered. The altar is in your mind, and to put a situation in God's hands is to say, Dear God, teach me how to think about this. Teach me how to see this. Open my heart. Help me understand this. And then the situation miraculously changes.
1: I just want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today, Marianne. You have brought just infinite wisdom and graced us with beautiful prayers throughout the show, and I think it will be one of my most memorable shows I've ever had. So thank you very much for
2: that. Right back at you. Get,
1: uh, get your copy of A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. Connect with Marianne at Marianne.com and even deeply connect, more deeply connect at Venetia, New York, April 14th to 17th and have your own experience in A Course in Weight Loss retreat. If you'd like further support once you've read The Course in Weight Loss, you can connect uh, more deeply at A Course in Weight com. I'm Simran Singh and until next time, be well.